Welcome to the Stronger Marriage Podcast with Trey and Lee, where we're talking 12 ways to bless your family. We're glad you joined us. So that introduction was a little longer than I thought. <laughs> we we laughed. Hope you enjoyed that uh, little instrumental section there. That's it. We, I was looking for something about we are family, and yeah, I thought uh, Sister Sledge would be good here. We're talking families and blessing your kids, and this is our third quick intro because we laughed through the first two. <laughs> Sorry, we're having a good time tonight. Uh, thank you for joining us. We're glad you're here. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, want to remind you, we have Ada Oklahoma coming up at the end of March. We're excited about it. Is that and a family workshop? That is a re- marriage workshop. It's a regular workshop. Regular, okay. regular have... marriage. And then Ella J, Georgia, Ella J is a will be workshop. a family and marriage okay. workshop. It'll be a combo. Okay. So we're excited about that. Yeah. And uh, we always encourage you, if you get a chance, come hang out with us. Uh, we'd love for you to spend a weekend with us. We, we think we could bless your marriage and you would bless us being there. It's a good stuff. So let's, let's talk a little bit about blessing your children. We've raised four boys. Um... They are currently out of the house and range from 32? 32 down to 20. Down to 20. You always do that so much better than I do. And um, good kids, but just like everybody else's kids, they've made mistakes. Um, We're sure they'll continue to make mistakes. We learned a lot of things raising children. Uh, We learned a lot of to-dos and not-to-dos and... Yeah, some of these we're going to share with you today. and Learn something new with each one, you know, yeah. because they're all different. They're and, all very different. Y'all know that. If you're yeah. parents of more than one child, you know how different they can be. Lee is an introvert. I'm an extrovert. We have two introverts. We have two extroverts. We have two very quiet, pretty quiet kids and two very loud kids. And um, all of them are extremely sarcastic like their mother that was a joke. I like their father um, and their mother. Yeah, we just had that running in the family. I'm not sure that's a good thing to boast about anyway, so. Um, being sarcastic. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's just kind of who we are. But we're talking, we're talking uh, ways to bless your children. But uh, we're going to kick off and talk about listening. And the first one is be a good listener. Be a good listener. Yeah. Uh, You know, in order to be a good listener, you've got to get your kids to actually talk, though, right? Yeah, and they do well until they hit about 14 (laughs) or 15 and teenagers, and then they don't want to talk anymore. They they can talk a lot when they're kids, and a lot of times uh, we're not terribly interested in listening to the latest episode of... Uh, Power Rangers, or I don't know what the popular what I, shows what are I, right now. What I dreamed about last night when they're three. <laughs> hey, let me tell you about my dream. Let me tell you about like, dream. I have to listen to this. Sometimes we kind of tune them out when they're little because their their topics of conversation aren't terribly interesting. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's right. But you know, if you if you shut them down or tune them out when they're little and you don't really listen to them, then. 
uh, you can't really expect them to come to you and tell you the important stuff when it really does matter. Uh, so be willing to listen all the time. Uh, it's hard, you know, to to think that every single thing that they, you know, want to tell you is the most important thing in the world and listen to them like it is. Mm -hmm. But um, it's important that you do because when there are important things that they need to discuss, you want to be the one they come to. Yeah. I remember when our children were small and one of them was small and he had two or three times had told me, he said, Dad, can I tell you something? And I said, give me just a second. I think we had a house full of people and a little bit later he said, hey, Dad, can I tell you now? And I said, just a second. And, and I was getting ready to go somewhere do something. And, and a third time he said, hey, Dad, I need to tell you something. And I said, all right, tell me quick. I'm in a hurry. And his words were, no, I'll wait some time until you have time to listen longer than you do now. And I just remember thinking, oh, no, mm -hmm. I haven't been listening to my son. Knock to the heart. Yeah, it was a way to really prick me. He wasn't trying mm -hmm. on purpose, but it did happen. It did happen. But uh, listening to your kids is good. Uh, if you have a teenager, um, with teenagers, you never know when they're going to talk, um, especially our, our more introverted kids, but even all of them. Uh, kids, uh, when they open up, there's times when they get to talking and want to talk, and then there are times where you can't pry anything out of them. Yeah, uh, you got to be flexible. You know, when they're ready to open up, you got to, you know, it, it's... It's tough. Sometimes we do have to be somewhere and, and you don't want to shut them down. But, um, you know, if it, if at all possible, uh, listen while they're talking, talking. Um, you know, I can remember specifically a time that it was, I mean, it was time to go to, to, to church. It was a church night and I was in here cleaning up the kitchen after dinner and it was, it was really time to like, okay, let's get stuff gathered up and get out the door. And our youngest son just had his chatty pants on which was a pretty rare thing and you know he just started talking and it wasn't necessarily earth-shattering stuff but but he was talking he was talking and I kept thinking man it we gotta go I mean look, we're like we're gonna be late as it is if we walk out the door right now and and he just he was just talking you know and I finally said Coop let's talk let's go get in the car let's we'll keep talking on the way you know and at that point, it was already, you know, five minutes after, and he was like, oh, wow, I, you know, I lost track of time. And, and uh, but, you know, if it had been something really, really important, uh, church can wait, you know. Yeah, anything can we, wait. We could have sat at the dinner table and kept talking. Um, anything can wait yeah. when they want to talk to you about something that's really, really important in their world. And, and we kind of had a, <clears throat> a, a rule. There were a lot of times where you'd go, hey, you're late. Where you been? And we'd say, hey, Cooper, right. Cooper talked. <laughs> he was like, hey, he wanted to talk. It's like, oh, okay, uh, I understand. <laughs> so when your kids decide to speak and want to talk, man, take time to listen to them. That's, yeah. a, that's a healthy thing. Be a good listener with your kids. And that's not always easy to do. That's right. But do that. That's right. And that, that feeds in a little bit to number two, which is give them your time. Uh, they need your time. They need quantity time. Yeah, you know, we went through a stage in the 90s. Uh, some of y'all, that's way past. You're like, I don't even remember the 90s. Y'all may not have been born. You're moving kids in the 90s. But there was a time in the 90s where child psychologists came up with this thing that said, quantity time's not really important. You just need quality time. Meaning you could, you just need to whip into your kid's room and spend a good five minutes with them of good quality time and zip out, and that's all they need. And, and then 10, 15 years later, they came back and said, well, we really messed up because quality time is not something you can plan. 
it actually comes from quantity time, meaning you got to spend a lot of time with your kids because you never know where that special quality moment is going to come from. And, and so it's got to be a quantity and not just a, hey, I'm looking for quality. You've got to spend some time if you've got little ones playing Legos on the floor or having tea parties with that, you know, that kiddo or whatever it is mm-hmm. or um, something in which you invest in time with them and take time to spend time doing something with yeah. them. Yeah, and, it, and we tried. It was hard with four but we tried to spend time one-on-one with each each of our kiddos, you know, to make sure we got where it wasn't just always the whole group of them together at once that, you know, we wanted a little bit of time with each one of them just kind of so they know, you know, hey, I'm special. Mom and dad think I'm special. They're mm-hmm. giving me they're giving me extra time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's important, too, to make sure you've got some one-on-one time with each of your kids. You know, one of the, one of the things that... I love the most, and I look back on now, and I didn't realize just how special those moments are, was one of the best gifts or things that we ever bought. Now, this was for the Morgan family, was we bought an old trampoline off a couple for $100. And it was one of them old square ones that you can jump a mile high on, mm-hmm. not one of these safe safe ones with a with a net around right. it. Right when the one the kind it was not the kind that when the wind blows you find it, you know, two blocks down in the neighbor's yard. This this dude wasn't going anywhere. No, it had taken an F5 tornado sol- to carry this one off. A solid welded yeah. And and we grew up, our boys grew up wrestling on the trampoline with their dad. I spent countless hours wrestling on the trampoline and playing with my kids, playing football, uh, jumping, man, just everything. We spent so much quality time on a $100 trampoline. We probably got more money out of that than anything else we've ever spent. And and I missed those times because I didn't realize at the time just how many quality memories we were making of playing on a trampoline. Mm-hmm. And you'd come in and the old mat, you know, would wear black smears on your white clothes and you know or you'd smell like a trampoline and and outdoors and yeah it was just a lot of fun and a great way as long as they were going hey dad let's go play on the trampoline man we were all right let's go that's right we had a lot of fun yeah a lot of fun a lot of quality time playing baseball and basketball and having boys and that was their thing to do Mm -hmm. so that was good stuff making family trips going to baseball games uh, another way, be a part of their world. This one's a little bit more difficult. Now, it's easy to whip in and, and build some Legos or play Army Men or have tea parties or read books with your kids when they're small. Um, that's pretty pretty okay. But as they get older, their interest changes a lot of times. And you find, I found and we found, that our kids' interests became much smaller. There was less things that we had in common as they become teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to find things that you both have in common. And sometimes it requires you to like things and do things and get to know parts of their world that maybe is not interesting to you. But you've got to because you've got to be a part of their world. That's right. Uh, you know, it, they kiddos just seem these days to really get into video games and even, I mean, all the time. Our kids did then as well uh but video games are a big thing um you know 
try to ask questions, sit down and play it with them if they'll, you know, if they'll let you do that much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, get, get to know the things that they're interested in. Uh, our boys liked baseball and I, you know, tried to make it a point to, to learn about baseball and to watch baseball and we took them to baseball games and, and it's still something that we love to do as a family um, is talk baseball and watch baseball together and, and play fantasy baseball. And, yeah. So. And, and there was a time in our world where I would take the boys to baseball games and we would talk about how much fun we had. And mm-hmm. you were missing out on memories. I was. And I think you realized, hey, I'm not getting to be a part of something very special. And now you like baseball as much as we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, big baseball fan. Yeah. And, I'm, is, and I'm thankful for that because, you know, I still think I might not have a whole lot to talk about with my adult sons, you know, but, but we've always got baseball. So. Always got baseball. <laughs> and you always got baseball with your husband who loves to talk That's right. baseball. That's right. But, so. but be a part of their world. Um, I, I spent time learning video games and playing games with them and things like that when that was not always, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't come home from work and go, boy, I hope I can go sit down and play a video game, but mm-hmm. I would do that for a while. And I never win. They never would let me win. And they were always better than I was. <laughs> always. Always better kids, than I was. Kids and that are was frustrating. just, yeah, just good at video games. But, you know, their school activities, you need to know, you know, what all they're involved in. And, of course, take part in anything that you can take part in. Uh, know who their friends are and know who their, their friends' parents are. Uh, just all of that is very important. Yeah. Be a part of their world. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good thing. Um, Sometimes that requires asking questions, uh, which we'll probably talk about later, either on this episode or on part two uh, at the dinner table. But ask questions, and and you've got to ask pointed questions. Yes, no questions don't always do it. Mm -hmm. Have a good day at school? Yeah. Do anything fun? No. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, Yeah, meant to talk about that up there at Listen to Them, uh, you know, Sometimes to get them to talk and to be a part of their world, you do. You have to, you know, they're, if they just get in the car after school and they, and you know, you say, well, how was your day? All you're going to get back is, he's okay. He was fine. Um, well, that's not what I'm looking for. You know, I want a little bit more details about your day. So uh, don't ask them, how was your day? You, you've got to ask things like, you know, did you do anything today that was fun? Or what did you do? that was fun today. Don't even ask them, did you do anything fun? Just say, what did you do today that was fun? Or what, you know, what did you do today that you really didn't care much for? Um, and you know, they'll probably tell you, well, I had a science test or, you know, something like that. But ask very specific questions if you want to get your kids to talk. Yep. Be a part of their world. Yep. Number four, claim them as yours. Now there's a couple of directions we want to go with this. When we're talking about claim them as yours, your kids need to be reminded, hey, my mom and my dad, they love me and they're proud of me and they want me to be their their son or their daughter. And even from a young age. And and I can remember laying in bed at night talking to my boys. Uh, we, we would have read a book and I would have tried to stay awake and not be the one that falls asleep first. <laughs> We'd have had a prayer. And then I used to tell them, and I would be really curious to know if any of them even remembers this, but there were many times where I would tell them that uh, I would, I, I don't even remember how it came to be, but it was always the same story. And it was something along the lines, if, if God lined up every little boy in the world and said, you can pick any one of them that you would want, 
I would search high and low and never stop searching until I found you and said, he's the one I want. This is mine. He's going home with me. And I remember telling them that story all the time on how I would claim them, I would pick them, I would find them, there would be nobody that could replace them. And I think that's important that your kids need to hear that, that you are proud of them and that you do claim them. And, and, and I'm reminded that even when Jesus came to this earth, um, God twice said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. He claimed Jesus. He said, this is my, this is my son, I'm proud of him. And, and if God thought it was necessary to say that about uh, deity Jesus, then I think we as parents probably need to follow the same rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and with that comes accepting them for who they are. You know, uh, you may want your child to be an athlete and do all these things. You may have all these great plans for them, and they may want to follow a totally different path you know they may be more artistic they may be into music and drama and and not care anything in the world about sports and you can't force your plans and your ideas on your children uh you've got to you know love them for who they are and who they want to be and this might be a good place you brought that out and i'll throw this in there don't major in minors Mm -hmm. um you know if you've got a good kid and I, I grew up in a time where my mom and dad made me wear my hair cut short. And I mean, I was not allowed to grow my hair out. Um, and any kind of growing out my hair was anything past the top of my ears. I was just raised in a very conservative home and that was not allowed, even though the styles were longer. And we had a couple, three kids, I guess, that decided all oh, when they were kind of junior high school, we're gonna grow our hair out and we decided they're good kids. We're not going to stress over this. We're not going to make a big deal about them looking shaggy as long as it, they keep it clean and, and, and everything else. And, and we just decided we're not going to major in things that aren't that important. I'd rather have a good kid with long hair mm-hmm. than one that was Than to fight all the time cut. about yeah, getting Yeah, I wasn't going to fight him mm-hmm. all the time about his haircut, you know. So he wants to wear his hair long. I can live with that if he's making good choices, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, claim them as your own, and maybe you'll have to claim the fact that they want to wear styles that you didn't wear growing up, or um, maybe their hair's a little longer, or maybe their hair's a little shorter. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, sometimes it's accepting them for who they are as long as they're not going against something that uh, would be a a, a rule that can't be broke. Right. do you want to talk about some blended families here? Yeah, this is a great talk because okay. we have a lot of families that are blended. There's yes. his, his, mine, and ours, or her, mm-hmm. mine, and ours. We have uh, your kids, my kids, our kids in blended families. And that's where when you become a part of a family, I don't think they should be referred to his, mine, and ours. Mm-hmm. They should be ours. Mm-hmm. Um, and love, you, have a, you have some experience with this because you did. grew up in a blended family. I did grow up in a blended family, and I'm very thankful that I have a what, what would be known to the world as a stepfather, mm-hmm. um, but I've never referred to him as my stepfather. He's my father. He accepted me as his son at a young age when I was young and raised me as his kid, no different than his real flesh and blood kid. Mm-hmm. And he has said often that love trumps DNA. I don't have to have his blood for, for him to love me like he did the rest of his kids. And I'm thankful for a man who raised me like that and didn't treat me like a stepchild. Um, you know, 
blended families, it's easy to go, well, those are your kids. You do something with them. No, if you're married, they need to be your kids too, and you're going to have to love them. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's... Uh... That could be a whole nother episode yeah. <laughs> on blended families, but we just wanted to throw that in there. Um, it's important uh, that you're a family unit and that you know all of the kids are your kids. Yep, that is exactly right. Let's let's do rule number five mm-hmm. or ways to bless your kid number mm-hmm. five. Give them rules. Ooh, that's a that's a sign of love. Mm-hmm. If you love your kids, you're going to give your kids rules. Now, that's your, taught your very clearly. Your kids are going to think you hate them when you give them rules, but they really aren't. Uh, they're going to realize that you care about them. Uh, you know that the reason you don't want to want them to stay out after midnight is because you care about what happens to them after midnight, and sure. and they'll come to realize those things. Uh, yeah, rules and boundaries show that you love and care, and kids need to see that. Yeah. Uh, they really do. And deep down, they want rules. They, they do. Want, they, they may not they, sound like it, and there's yeah. going to be times they're going to argue with you, but they need to have, you know, ours needed curfews. Mm-hmm. Um, ours needed rules of here's what you do and what you don't do. Yeah. Uh, what's the story about the the elementary school that like that didn't have a fence for a time? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the schoolyard, something I just read. It was like a schoolyard, and the fence was taken down. Uh, I don't know if it was for repairs or whatever. And the kids just, you know, they just hovered close to the school building. They had this entire schoolyard to play, uh, but they wouldn't venture out, you know, way out because there was no boundary telling them, you know, where they were safe. And so they just stayed, you know, in a real close, tight little unit. Well, once the fence was put up, they would play all the way out to the fence because they knew they were safe within those boundaries. And that's, you know, I mean, that's, kids need those boundaries. They Mm -hmm. need that to feel like, okay, I can do this and I'm safe up until this point. And then, you know, I can't cross those boundaries or I'll be unsafe. so kids need boundaries. It's a good thing. It's a healthy thing. It is. It is. Uh, we thought it was interesting. We read a statistic a while back that said 76% of all college kids said their parents probably weren't strict enough on them mm-hmm. when they were at home, and which tells you that you may think you're given a lot of rules, or maybe you think you're being mean, but your kids probably don't think you're being near as mean as you think you are. Mm-hmm. But your rules are for safety. They're because you love your children. You want to protect your children. And uh, sometimes with those rules, when those rules are broke, uh, there's got to be discipline. And you can't always threaten discipline. Uh, If you tell your children you're going to be disciplined for something, you need to follow through with that. Or they're going to to think, hey, I can get away with stuff because they always say they're going to discipline me, but they don't. They never follow through. Yeah, your kids need, they need you to be their their parent and not their friend. Uh, There's time later to be their friend. When they're grown, you can be wonderful friends uh, but when they're growing up they need you to be their parent and they need you to give them those rules and the discipline when they break the rules your job in life is to raise quality kids uh, not to not to be their buddy Mm -hmm. and and are there gonna be times when you have fun being their buddy yes but follow through with those rules and so you may have to figure out what what kind of discipline they need, and that may be a timeout. That may be the worst thing you could do to a kid. A, a busy kid <laughs> is make them sit down. Exactly. Uh, it may be taking something away, like a cell phone or a mm-hmm. car keys. But you for teenagers, discipline. that yes. hurts much worse. Yeah, yes. we had a, we had a son one time when I said, "Bring me your phone." He said, "Can you just not whip me or something?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we realized right then we were hurting him a whole lot worse. Yeah, that's right. But uh, yeah, give them rules, yeah. and uh, that goes with with 
cell phones. Yeah, uh, I think cell phones and social media these days, uh, there's got to be big rules and big boundaries in place uh, if you're, yeah. you know, allowing your kids, especially young children, uh, need all kinds of of boundaries uh, with phones and social media. You wouldn't allow your kids, well, I don't know if you make your kids wear helmets, but you wouldn't allow your kid to wear, drive, ride in a car without a seatbelt. You wouldn't let them get on a motorcycle without a helmet or a bicycle without a helmet. Why would you give them unlimited access to the internet without some safety features as well? That just makes no sense. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if you're paying for them cell phones, you got every right to say, hey, I, I need to know where you are or what you're doing or what you're doing on your phone, and that's just a healthy thing to do. And, and the same rules goes with social media. We had computers in our house faced outward. We would never allow our kids to have mm -hmm. computers that faced away or door shut. Right. Uh, that was just us. Um, and so those were rules that we had and, and our kids abide by them. They didn't always like them, but they did. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's for their own good. Uh, and they, they realize that at some point. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, number six, number six, model values and integrity. Um, your kids are not going to listen to what you say near as much as they're going to notice how you live. And you got to model that. And you can tell your kids all day long, we don't lie or we don't do this or we don't do that. But if they see you do it, then what we're going to find out is that, uh, yeah, if you're doing it, they're going to do it too. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to model those values and integrity of being honest, uh, doing what's right. This means if you get too much change back, you stop and go back and go, hey, you've given me too much change or you haven't charged me enough. Uh, your kids need to see you being honest and you'll raise kids the same way. Yeah. Uh, they, they listen to the way you talk. Um, they hear what you're saying about, you know, the leaders of this country, about police officers that you pass by, you know, on the street corner. They, they're listening. About coaches and yeah. principals and teachers. And if you're being a, a jerk, you're going to raise kids who have the same kind of mentality about other people. Yeah. Uh, teach them to be respectful of authority figures. And, you know, we may not always like what they're doing, but we can talk about them with respect and, and realize that they are in an authority, a place of authority, and, and we yeah. need to treat them as such. And we need to teach our kids that. So there's six, there's six ways to bless your kids. We're going to listen to them, give them time, uh, be a part of their world, claim them as yours, give them rules, and... Uh, Model values and integrity. That's right. We're going to, we're going to yeah. cut off. Let's we've do got, a part. Uh, yeah, six we've more. got six more really good ones uh, for next week. So um, we're glad you joined us this week. We are, and we're glad that uh, y'all make time to listen. If you're on a... Uh, listening to us on iTunes or a place where you could leave us a review. We would love that. We'd be honored to that. But thank you for listening, and we'll pick up here next week. Mm -hmm. Bye, guys.